you got a pitcher on a team? Sure. The pitcher's name? Tamara. You don't want to tell me the day? I'm telling you, then man. Go ahead. Tamara. What time? What time what? What time tomorrow are you going to tell me who's pitching? Now listen, who is not pitching? I'll who break is... your arm, you say. Ron and Anian. The really good news this week is I didn't, I didn't start any more fires this week. Nothing burned down. I survived a week at the shop. Put me in cold. I'm ready to play today. Look at me. The car doctor. They install these plastic clips and they put a steel line in the plastic and then the plastic absorbs the moisture. How come they don't put a dab of grease in that plastic clip? Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now... And I don't give a darn! What? I said I don't give a darn! Oh, that's our shortstop. I'm in here! Here's Ronnie. Hey, it's time to start your engines. Ronnie Anning, the car doctor here. And uh, I know who is pitching. I'm pitching because it's my radio show, and that's what I'm here to do today at 855-560-9900. Here to take your calls and answer your questions that we have these past, uh, I don't know, 1991. You do the math. I'm getting too old to do this anymore. So um, we're all about cars today, as we always are every Saturday here, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. You can call in live and talk to us, whether or not you're listening to us live. You might be in a time zone that's taking us on a delayed broadcast and a different affiliate or podcast or streaming it or, you know. However and wherever you're taking the car, Doctor, you can uh, call 855-560-9900, Saturdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, and uh, we can do it right here live on the big stage and uh, talk to you about your car problem and all that it takes. Hello and good afternoon to Mr. Ray and Mr. Atwood. I'm glad to count them among the uh, among the, the cast today as we uh, launch yet another episode of uh, The Car Doctor as we go out and try to fix all these broken cars. More information about this radio show at cardoctorshow.com and podcasting there and get over to iHeart and Spreaker and do your thing. It's um, it's not hard to do. It was hard this week in the shop. Um, this week was like you were, you, were, you were walking around the molasses all week. We entered week two or week three. I've lost count now of the uh, suburban transmission restoration. Um, I'm down to... And somebody actually accused me of being, the Mac Tool guy actually accused me of being a little bit OCD this week because he walked in and I was spraying the heads of the bolts before I put them back into the chassis. And um, uh, listen, you got to paint everything. Benjamin Moore Low Luster Alkali with a spray gun. As a matter of fact, that's part of what I wanted to talk to you about today as we kick off this hour. Um, had a really good repair that showed and explained basic electricity. 2006 Trailblazer wanted in with a P0449 evaporative emissions vent control solenoid circuit fault. And basically, this is for the this is for evap vent control evaporative emissions. I don't want to make this a, a spiel about that, but suffice it to say, it's part of the emission control package. And uh, listen, it's a simple circuit. It's a two wire solenoid. All right, you've got a hot, you've got a ground. In this case, the hot is fed off of a fuse from the underhood fuse block, and the ground is computer controlled. Oh boy. But it wasn't a computer issue. It turned out to be something else, a little bit of diagnosis. And part of the diagnosis was simple stuff. Um, you know, check system do you have voltage on the pink wire? Do you have ground control? Uh, part of the diagnosis was verify and ohm the wiring leading back to the PCM and ohm out the white wire, which all passed. The funny part was that the vehicle passed 
every test I could give it. And then I realized I was testing it with the two-wire connector unplugged. And, you know, the old rule, right? You've got to really test a circuit both ways, loaded and unloaded, and you've got to get the same results. So I, I plugged the connector back in, and with the connector plugged into the vent control solenoid, my line voltage went from 11 and a half, 10 and a half, 9, 8, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. Bingo! Huh? Look at that. We can't support... We can't support voltage. There's no voltage there. So I left it plugged in, and I went just in front of the gas tank where the main wiring harness comes in and sort of takes that loop up going over the top of the gas tank. I love the tops of gas tanks. There are so many things that tops of gas tanks contribute to broken cars. It's 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 really kind of staggering. Uh, you know, you've got to just, like, live it to understand that it just it gets you each and every time. So... Found the and it was a bulk. There was a gang of probably twenty eight, thirty wires leading up in front of that gas tank, and I found the pink wire that would lead around the side of the gas tank and come over the top and go to the vent solenoid. And had solid twelve volts with the evap vent solenoid plugged in. And that's kind of neat. Um, you know, I've got twelve volts there. I don't have twelve volts there. Of course, that's when I reached over and I told Danny. I said, "Look, I diagnosed that you dropped the tank and find the problem because dropping gas tanks. Well, actually, we don't drop gas tanks." We never drop gas tanks. We lower gas tanks, all right? When we drop gas tanks, you can only drop a gas tank once, whereas you can lower them for a career. So it's, you know, you guys figure it out. We like to lower things. We don't drop anything. So I found out a way. I figured out a way that I wouldn't have to lower the gas tank, and I fed the vent solenoid control wire back over the top of the tank and pulled it out towards the wheelhouse. And leading up to it in a, in a short section you can actually see where the mouse or the critter or the squirrel or whatever it was. And, you know, you do this long enough, you kind of get a sense of what might or might not be, and you say, well, I guess it, you know, it is. Um, you found this little spot of corrosion, and I had 12 volts in front of the corrosion, and I had 12 volts after the corrosion until I plugged in this, the vent solenoid, and then I watched it go like a countdown, 11, 10, 9, 8, Seven six five four three two one zero. Bingo! All right. The theory here is, and it's proof of the theory, is that you can have voltage on a circuit, but there isn't enough of the circuit there to support the load, and it will bleed off voltage and not allow any current to flow, so the device won't operate. Um, I needed a I need a solenoid end connector. Is what this comes down to. Well, interestingly enough. AC Delco didn't list it, you know, the Delco Illustrated Catalog, and I thought that was kind of weird. So I turned to another source online. I went up to the O'Reilly Auto Parts website, O'ReillyAuto.com, and sure enough, plugged in the vehicle and did some digging around and came up with the vent solenoid connector. You can get it from O'Reilly Auto Parts. And the nice thing is their website shows pictures of all the connectors, and I was able to actually match by sight just exactly which one I wanted. I, I need that one, get the part number, order the part, and uh, problem solved. You can, uh, if you feel like it, get out to Facebook, go out to the Ron and Indian Car Doctor Facebook page, and we put a video up yesterday. It should still be there. It's going to be there. Well, I guess it'll be there until we take it down. But it talks about, it, it explains the basics of parasitic voltage loss in a circuit like that and, and how it gets, you know, trampled out and, you know, wired in a new, uh, wired in a new connector, put it together, and bang, we're off to the races, all fixed. So, um, you know, it, wiring is just 
and and again, just you know, taking your time doing it with uh, a wiring diagram and no rush. But wiring is 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 difficult, but not, and it's very satisfying, um, you know, to find something like that and resolve it. So, but that was the uh, that was the O six Trailblazer this week. That was just one of the jobs uh, that we did. The um, other one that I worked on quite a bit this week was a two thousand two GMC Savannah van that had a heated oxygen sensor fault P zero one sixty one. Now, it's funny, but they don't give you exact specs. And I guess 2002, and it shows you how good the diagnostics have gotten in the past 15 years, but the they don't really show you exact specs. They tell you, ohm the O2 sensor, it's got to be this, but they don't tell you what bad is. And fortunately, I've got a, I've got a database of known good, known bad, and I compared it to it. And even though it had a, a an ohm reading to it, it read uh, 6 ohms instead of the 15. You know what? It's got to be 15. 15 is the number. It's 6. Uh, six is bad. Put an O2 sensor in it. A um, little bit of a pain in the neck running the monitors, though. And I was out there running the monitors late on a Friday. You know what? You know you're in trouble for the week, like you're backed up when you're running monitors for inspection at quarter to five on a Friday because you're trying to, you know, get the catalytic converter to pass monitor, and you've got to run it at 52 miles an hour without stopping out on the highway. And um, so, but that that was the week. That was um, that was the week of auto repair. I hope yours was better. And I uh, hope we get to talk about it this hour, 855-560-9900. I'm Ron Annie in the car, Doctor. Coming back, the phones are lit. We're going to kick the garage doors open right after this. Don't go away. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, baby. Oh, I love you so. la 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 Happy birthday, sweet 16. I know there's only... That's right, and a big happy birthday to the big man behind the board on the other side of the glass, Mr. Tony Atwood. Tony, how many uh, how many years is it now? What are we, 32, 33? Thank you. Um, no, um, this Tuesday I will be 48. 48 years old, and we got you a little cake here to commemorate it. Um, Thank you. Happy birthday, Welcome. brother. Th- we, thank uh, you very much, guys. We, we You'll you. note there's no candles. Yes. Yeah, no yeah, candles. Yeah, the fire department said we didn't have enough. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, yes, we yes. Didn't, we didn't have the 20 bucks for the permit, so we you know we had to like lay low. and so. But uh, Not a problem. Not a problem. We just figured we'd thank you very that. much. 48. And still the heartbreaker. Yes. 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 Uh, you're breaking hearts. Thank you. So it's uh, happy birthday, bro. Um, now, can we continue to do while you guys eat cake and don't get any on the control board? Can we uh, open up the phone lines? And, yes, we can. Uh, yes, we can. Let's go over to uh, Corey in Michigan. Corey, welcome to the car doctor. How can I help? Oh, uh, thanks for having me on. I love to learn and listen. Thank you, sir. Show. Glad to be here. Um, yeah, I'm having a problem with my 2012 Dodge Caliber. It's an SE. Okay. It's got uh, drum brakes and shoes. Uh, the problem isn't when I press on the brake pedal, okay? It's when I let off the brake pedal, I'm hearing some squeaking in the back. In the back. So it's, 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 on, the, it's on the release. Yes. All right. Um, nothing up front. Everything up front is quiet. Yep. Any, any recent uh, brake well, work? Uh, Actually, uh, up front, I was having a little bit of clapping from the brake pad, and I uh, replaced the the rubber bushings, and I lubricated it really well, cleaned everything off. I don't believe I got to the piston on the caliper, and I didn't lube that well. I put it back together, no clapping, uh, until last night I heard it again, so I'm thinking it might be the 
piston on the caliper that didn't get lubed well. Let me let me or, ask you. What, you know, it's just really old and needs to be replaced. Well, what are you using for uh, brake grease? Uh, you know, I don't know the brand name. I just got it at AutoZone. The little packets they they were giving me. Is it is it is it clear white? Is it purple? Is it what color is it? I think this was a uh, white color. Okay, so it's probably some form of a silicon brake grease. Um, yep. We've used a particular brand. It's made by AC Delco, actually. Uh, and, you know, we picked it up in AC Delco class years ago, and I've used it ever since. And I've I've been through the purple grease. I've been through the black grease. I've been through the synthetics, the conventionals. Um, whatever the formulation is of this particular synthetic from Delco, it works really well. It comes in a, okay. you know, in a, um, you know, a small, a three-inch can with a brush in the middle, uh, or you can get yourself a lead-acid brush over the counter, and um, you know, it works well. So before you rush out to replace the caliper, what I would tell you is if you're if you're getting the clacking up front, just you know, pull the caliper off. Make sure now when you put the grease into the slide, are you cleaning the bore of the caliper itself too? Uh, no, I did not do that. Okay. You may want to, you know, was the slide really dirty? Did it look kind of yeah. rusty and cruddy? Yeah. yeah and that's, yeah. The, that's the problem. You pack it with grease and it, now you've got dirt in there with the grease and it'll beat up the bore more and sometimes it ruins it and makes it even bigger. So, uh, okay. you know, you, you may end up having to put a caliper on it. But before I spent the money and got into that and bleeding and the whole, you know, mess, as long as there's nothing else wrong with the caliper, uh, what I would tell you to do is... Uh, like a big pipe cleaner brush, and and they make okay. them. They'll they'll make them in the parts houses or just some sort of a. Um, we actually have a, a set we got from the Mac Tool guy. It's a it's a brass uh, cylindrical brush that fits in the bore, and we can kind of scrub it out and shoot a little brake clean in there and scrub it out some more and get it nice and clean and dry. And then we'll put some fresh grease in. Then we'll put the piston in, you know, the slide and the rubber boot. And we always do fresh rubber boots. All right, you you want to you know make sure you've got fresh rubber boots so you don't break down the yeah, seal these, and these are brand new. So. Yeah, so then you can just reuse them. But uh, um, see what that does. So that's the front. All right, the back. It 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 sounds like, and obviously here's a case where um, you know you'd like to see what's moving. If you can get a helper, if you know get the car secure up in the air, get a jack stand under it and all, or you know or up in the air on a lift, and pull the wheel, pull the tire of one of the wheels, and very slowly slowly guy step on the brake pedal just enough to get the brake shoe to move now keep in mind if the drum's not there there's nothing to catch the shoe from overextending you could blow the wheel cylinder apart if you're not careful you, you get me yep all right so you want to do this very slowly uh key off you know just sitting there and just get the shoe just to start to move and then let it retract. Chances are you're going to see, you know, or hear the noise. Or if you don't even want to do that, if that makes you a little nervous, likely what you're describing is the contact points of the shoe, where it sits That's against the yeah, where it sits against the backing plate, need okay. to be need to be lubricated. Okay. All right. So you know you're going to have to take the brake shoes apart, lube lube the contact points, lube all the pivot points. Now. On the self-adjuster, if there's a self-adjuster mechanism in this in this brake shoe setup, I don't use grease there. All right, I stopped using grease a couple of four or five years ago. I'll wire brush everything real clean. I'm not aggressive on my wire brushing. I don't want to gall or chew up the the self-adjuster because usually that metal is it's a little on the softer side. I find on some cars, but I'll, I'll clean it up whatever way I can, and then I'll use a drop of motor oil. All right. And I find just a drop of oil on the threads, lubricate it, spin it around, 
um, you know, it just it just it's a light enough oil that it won't uh, cause the adjuster to bind. And then all I really want to do is just coat the threads to keep everything from galling up and rusting. And, uh, okay. you know, that'll work fine for you. So, But that's it. And don't forget, when you take it apart, where the shoes actually contact, the anchor pin up top, and usually there's a boss down bottom or the anchor pin down bottom, put a, okay. little, put a little dab of, you know, brake grease there, too. So that as the shoe okay. rotates and gives it that, that curl that it doesn't, you know, against against the metal. All right. Thanks so much. Right. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. You have any problems, you give us a call. Um, okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I'll tell you what. It's it's kind of funny, right? You you explain to somebody, grease your brakes, and they're like, huh? So you have to say this very cautiously. If you notice, I was very exact and specific um, in, in terms of how I explained that to Corey because it's important. It's 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 not easy. Um, sitting here behind my seat, and you know, I've got it in my head. I've just got to get it out to you guys correctly uh, that we can um, that we can uh, talk about it. So, um, let's see what else happened in the shop this week. I got another call, but I've only got a minute. So watch this. Let's kill a minute. You want to kill a minute? What do you want to talk about? Somebody give me something to talk about. Here we go. Tony's got a question. The New York Giants? Huh? The who? The New York Giants? Whoa, 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 whoa. wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. The New York Mets, the New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox. It's baseball season, dude. It is. Actually, it but, but is. But he never talks about them. He always talks about our Giants. That's uh, true. Well, your Giants. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I can't talk about the Giants. It's not football season. Okay, but you said you, you let's, let's, let's talk about something, so I just brought that up. Well, I was looking for something car-related. Okay. So, you got a car question? Go speed rates ago. Um, now you're dating yourself. Yes. <laughs> uh, now you're really dating yourself. So quick, what time was Speed Racer on in the afternoon? Four o'clock. No, three o'clock. It was three o'clock because I get home in the two thirty bus, and I would, and I was in high school at the time. But that's a whole other story. Okay. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Ron and Andy in the car doctor. Look at that. We just killed a minute. I'll be back right after this. Don't go away. in car advice, give Ron a call. 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron. Welcome back. Ron and the car doctor. Let's get over and talk to Jeremy, Washington, D.C., 2013 Chevrolet Silverado. Jeremy, welcome to the car doctor. How can I help? Hey, afternoon. I uh, got a Silverado, and I, you know, I've heard from a lot of people, and I've actually witnessed it. Um, it's only when it's hot. It has the uh, 4.8 V8 and only when it's hot, engines at temperature, and it's idling. You know, I'll get the tick 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 tick. Right. When uh, when you give it gas, it goes away, and when the engine's cold and the you know, the oil's thick, it's not there. And I'm not having any indicated oil pressure problems on the uh, dash instruments, and so I read. Uh, Obviously, I went online and searched the annals of the interweb, and the Automotive Engine Rebuilder Association actually, interestingly enough, had a uh, tech bulletin that perfectly described this symptom that, you know, it only happens at idle when it's hot. When you hit the gas, it goes away. Right. And it says to look for something called a camshaft thrust plate, 
gasket that apparently, you know, when the engine's idling, it lets enough oil seep out of it to deal with the pressure problem or to cause a pressure problem when you hit the gas, you know, there's enough pressure to overcome that problem. And it says that it'll show up okay on the gas gauge because it, it doesn't cause a problem until further downstream uh, than the indicator. So they say you can take a pressure reading at the oil filter and at the tap where the gauge, you know, the cinder comes from. And if there's a difference there, that's a problem. Right, and I've and I've and I've seen this. There's also a conversation uh, that General Motors has got going on with some of their engines. I don't remember if it got into 13s, but they talk about issues with the oil pump pickup tube as well. I don't know if you've seen that one or read yeah, that one. Yeah. So my question is, you know, I will say with I mean, reference that one. At least with this one, I still got good good pressure, you know, on my gauge. Um, so my question is. I'm at 97,000 miles here. Getting ready to go out of power train warranty. I uh, got new tires at the dealership the other day because, believe it or not, the dealerships actually do have good prices on tires. Right. Um, if, that's, if you don't let them do anything else. Right. Uh, and they, you know, couldn't verify, couldn't hear, you know, the usual, you know, nothing's wrong here. And, I mean, I, there might not be really anything wrong. So my question is, is this something I should worry about? Or, I mean, there's no drivability problems. I changed my oil regularly, synthetic oil. I mean, what's well, your knowledge of this? I mean, the, the the problem is just as just as you described it, Jeremy. If if you know if it's really a loss of oil pressure, but we're not seeing it by any mechanical gauge because of location, as per the bulletin of you know how it reads pressure, then we'll never know. All right, it is it's it's sort of like an artery in your body, but uh, body. I'm sorry, and your body is bleeding off blood. Say that three times fast, and. You know, you'll just get a little dizzy and lightheaded at times, but you might live to be 100. Um, then again, it might get worse over time and become a bigger issue. So, you know, where do you draw the line? I, I think the only real way you can justify the question is somebody's got to do the test. You know, somebody's... somebody's okay. and, you know, do you think it'd be worth paying a decent shop to do it? Um because I, I think it's going to be an uphill battle over convincing the dealer to do it since they don't want to even hear well, the noise. You know what I mean? Well, well, let me ask you this question. Did did you say there's powertrain warranty on this yet? Yeah, about 3,000 miles more. Okay. So who's who's eligible to do the powertrain warranty coverage? Only only the dealer. Right. Here's the problem. Because it's through GM. Back when GM was doing that five-year, 100,000-mile powertrain right. warranty. So here's here's the problem. Um, you're you're going to take it out to the best shop in the land, but it's not a dealer. All right? And, right. And, you know, it, it could be, you know, it could be Mario Andretti's repair shop or whatever. All right? You get my point. And they're going to walk right. in with this documented signed piece of paper that says, you know, we took this pressure test and this proves it and this is low and so on. And you know what they're going to tell you? We need to test it ourselves Be because they don't. I've never seen a dealer acknowledge even another dealer's work. It's not just dealer against independent. It's dealer against dealer. It's attending physician against attending physician. And I would do the same well, thing. To get I'd, them to do. Yeah, I'd, I'd want to see. I'm, the, I'd, I'd, I'm sorry. I'd, I'd want to do the test myself. 
So, you know, because the, okay. bigger, because the bigger problem is if they don't want to acknowledge the sound that it exists and you have a document say, hey, look, I can prove it. I got the piece of paper. You know what? If they didn't want to hear the noise in the first place, they could care less if you got gold bars in the back of the truck. Much less, you know. The well, that's kind of what I'm thinking, sir. I'm kind of basically at their mercy at this point, I guess, is the situation. Either that or you're going to find another dealer. Doesn't, okay, it, yeah, it, I mean, uh, maybe I'll do that and look around a little bit. You know, it, it, um, it, it doesn't say, you know, it doesn't say just a, a, this one particular dealer, right? It says any GM dealer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So let me ask you this. Who's, uh, who's been servicing the truck up to this point? Uh, I have myself. Okay. Um, re religiously, I mean, you know, transmission fluid changes, the whole nine yards, I pretty much just do everything, and so that... You know, in a situation like this, that might kind of put me behind the eight ball. Well, can you can you prove the oil changes? You got receipts? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got all that. Okay. Um, then I don't. I don't think yeah. it. I mean, I don't think it does. Not that my voice counts, but I would. You know okay. what? I, this is that. This is that conversation with a mechanic. Time. You know, I would go down to the dealership and talk yeah. to him. And say, listen. You know, show him the bulletin. All right. And if the guy blows off the bulletin in black and white, they should be aware of it. It's a common problem. You know. It, it, yeah, I mean, that's my thing. Right. If, if they blow it off, then all that okay. dealership wants to do is sell new cars and change oil. They're not interested in repairs, in my opinion. Right. Okay. So, hey, one other quickie. I yeah. just did, uh, did you, do you have like an extra 10 seconds? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I just did uh, new front brakes on my sister's 2012 Chevy Cruze. Um, and I used the OEM pads, and I was going to use the OEM rotors, um, but the Delco place, the jobber, didn't have it. And then I looked online. It looks like even at GM dealerships now with their brake service, they use the uh, that Delco Advantage line of uh, right brake rotors. And, you know, honestly, now I, there may be something to it, but... When I held them up next to the OEM, I mean, they did look like they were just as thick and the exact same, and there's no pulsing. So, I mean, do you think by using those Advantage rotors, I did okay? The Advantage rotors, from what I understand, are the less expensive line, all right? That's right, exactly. Okay. So, you know, we'll use Delco Professional in the shop, which is the, which is the grade above mm -hmm. Advantage. And, you know, there's there's three choices in the Delco GM family, and they're going to have to sit down and figure this out because it's getting very confusing. Uh, you know, you, No crap, man. I'm with you. Yeah. It's just like, you know, tell me what it is. Uh, is it GMOE? Is it Delco Professional? Is it Delco Advantage? What's the difference? And wait till you start looking at starters and alternators. That'll really make your head spin. So, and, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the Delco Advantages that I've seen, They'll have the same outside thickness, but the actual thickness of the wall of the rotor is a little thinner, and mm -hmm. there may not be as many veins per section. You know, heat dissipating mm -hmm. veins. They got to mm -hmm. cheap. They got to cheapen it up somehow. All right. Really? So yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I guess time will tell. Then. Right. It's you know, you'll probably get. Eh, if I were to guess and tell you the pattern, you'll probably get twenty, twenty-five thousand miles out of them. And when you take when you when you change the rotors for the pulse. The pads will have another third to go. Well, then I now just hey, in that scenario, can I still use the same pads? Nah, change them at that point. Because what are, what are okay. you going to do? Put pads on with thirty percent more, and then when well, they when, when, when they wear right when they wear out, you know it's 
it, it, it becomes, uh, you know, now what are you going to do? Just put rotors on, and then what if the what if that thirty or just put pads on, and then that thirty thousand mile pad, if it goes into the third or whatever it is, thirty thousand miles, you know, what if it hit, what if it kisses the rotor and ruins the rotor, and then there's nothing in the machine, or you're going to throw it away? It, you know, listen, the whole conversation and ideology of a brake job, I'll probably have to talk about it one day, but I've got this whole belief system. On, on how you approach breaks today because it's it's just very, very different. But listen, be the guinea pig. Call me in a year. Tell me how those Delco Advantage rotors are working. Okay, man. All right. Thanks, Jeremy. All right. Good I'll luck to you. to you. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Let us know what happens. 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor is coming back right after this. Welcome back. We're on the end of the car, Doctor. Let's go over and talk to Mick from Oregon, a return call. Mick, we're still working on this Jeep Cherokee? Yeah, I'm still working on it, Ron. So what did we do the last time? Where are we at? Okay, where I'm, well, where I'm at is, is uh, let me tell you what it does here. Okay. Um, it'll start up and idle fine, and if you accelerate it up slow, it's fine. It's just when you accelerate fast, it'll it'll miss and it'll backfire in the intake, okay. and out the airbox, kind of. Okay. Um, I have verified that that when the piston's on top dead center, that the rotor's pointed right where it should be. Okay. Was it out? Was no, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. So what was? Why was the balancer at the wrong mark when we talked last week or the week before? I the balancer now, now the, the mark on the the um pull, the pulley now. It's it's over where the index is supposed to be. Right. Um, so I don't know if that's where it's supposed to be or not. But it, straight up and down is not doesn't seem like the correct location. Well, yeah, but wait a minute. Yeah, it's there's a there's a tab on the front of the cover, and then there's a there's a there's a mark in the balancer that it should come around, and that's number one. Is that does that line up? As far it, as well, I don't have I I don't have that. There's not I don't have a tab on there. I don't have an index. How could, on you, the cover. how could you not have an index? I don't know. because Well, you can't time it. Right, but there's still got to be a way to index it. It's got to be, there, there's got to be something there. Um, I've never seen I've never seen one not have a mark. I'll have to look into that this week. Um, okay. So, me- can, yeah, me- mechanical timing notwithstanding, all right, let's just work around that. Did we ever check fuel pressure on this car? We did, right? No, I haven't. Uh, Did I? Yeah, let's just check. Let's check. I, yeah, I think I mentioned that in the first conversation a month ago, but in case we missed it, let's check fuel pressure and let's see what manifold vacuum is at idle. All okay. Right? Let's get let's get back to basics. We're we're missing something fundamental here. All right. Okay. Um, and it may okay. it, it may come down to where did you ever did you have the ability to scope? I don't remember. I don't have a scope. Um, if I get one, I mean, what, what would I scope? Cam and crank sensors, make sure they're putting out a good wave. Okay. You know, you had changed cam and crank sensors, didn't you? I'm trying to remember the car. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I've done both. Right, right. Because this car changed, right? This this is this is different than the original concern for it, right? It is. So I don't know if this problem is related or if it's separate. Right, or if it's something new or if it's been induced by parts installed. Let's start over. Right. Let's, let's start over. Next week, give me fuel pressure, manifold vacuum at idle. Where does manifold vacuum go when you accelerate? All right? And this is driving down okay. the road. Let's go back to basics. Okay? Okay. If you've got a way to scope, let's scope the cam and the crank sensors. 
and let's just see what they look like. You'll, they'll produce a square wave signal about five volts. They'll both be the same. All right. All right. Let's see. Let's see what that does, and then we'll talk next week. Okay. All right, kiddo. Thank you, Ron. You're very welcome. Hang in there. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. The car doctor's coming back right after this. Hey, welcome back. We're on the end of the car doctor here. Let's see. Ann from Hartford, Vermont's checking in. Ron, I spoke with you a little over a month ago. Finally decided on a car. I didn't get the RAV or the CRV that we talked about. Sorry. Hey, Ann. No, no apologies. Um, I got a Mazda CX five. Thoughts? Um, Mazda's a good car. I like Mazda. I think Mazda is. Um, you know, they're they're. I don't know if they're in my top five, but they're definitely in my top ten. All right? I think the issue I see with Mazdas, and it just seems to it's always been this way, they get to be year five and six and seven, and they get a little rusty and beat up. So you want to start thinking about doing things like fluid film or spraying some uh, some sort of corrosion prohibit, uh, protection on the undercarriage. I think that's a big deal. Uh, you know, it really depends on how long you're going to keep it. But mechanically... And reliability-wise, yeah, I think they're good cars. I really do. Uh, you know, and um, I think they're often overlooked if they could – I don't know what they would have to do to solve it, but it just seems like what I see, the cars that are here, and the ones that are especially in the Northeast and the Salt Belt states, uh, they just tend to get beat up by the uh, corrosives and the uh, devices to melt snow and ice that, you know, it's an issue. So, um, but, you know, listen, enjoy it. It's, uh, you know, it's a good car. You'll be happy. If, you, if, 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 if you're happy in it, then, you know, just watch the uh, undercarriage. That would be my comments. Um, uh, also another email. Hey, Ron, can you finish a story about the Suburban? I was listening to at the top of the hour. Terry from Maine. Terry, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I'm sort of doing this restoration on the, on the 04 Suburban. It's got 56,000 miles on it. The uh, trans failed. Uh, for whatever reason. Well, actually, the torque converter went south, and I couldn't see taking the trans out to do a torque converter at this point in the game because you have to take, you know, half the undercarriage apart. So this has become a trans. Uh, the trans cooler lines, 15 years old, 16 years old, have got some rust blisters on them, so I've replaced the trans cooler lines. I am painting the trans cooler lines. I know a lot of people ask me about this. With Benjamin Moore, you go down to the local paint store, you get Benjamin Moore Low Luster Alkalide, all right? Um, I've sprayed every hot rod I've done in the last 10 years, the undercarriage and the frames with it. it it'll, it'll stick to chicken poop. It, uh, it doesn't wash off. It doesn't run off. It can get hit by rocks. It, uh, it's great stuff. It's really great stuff. It's a little, yeah, it's okay to work with. As a matter of fact, if you get out to the Facebook page, you'll see the video that I did talking about the Trailblazer wiring. In the video, that's the 3M spray gun I'm using. I'm using the 3M spray gun system with the disposable cartridges. And uh, if you can spray through that, you can spray through anything. So it's good stuff. But, um, yeah, anyway, that's uh, that's the deal for this hour. Till the next hour, I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor, reminding you that mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See you.